This is Running the Race with Pastor Eddie Pinero of Calvary Chapel of Milford in Milford, Pennsylvania. You know, before you become a leader, you have to be a follower first. Before you're given authority, you must learn how to submit to authority. That's the way it is. No one gets into the army and becomes in the rank of a captain. (laughs) You start from the bottom. You work your way up. And that's the way it is in the ministry. I have people always come here. Oh, they they come in, they have all these gifts. It doesn't really matter. When I see people, when you're doing the smallest of things serving then, that shows that you really care about the people you want to teach. Have you ever thought to yourself, man, I could run this job way better than my boss? You desire to jump the line when you've only just arrived. But as Pastor Eddie talks about today, you need to be a follower before you become a leader. So what does it mean to be a follower? It means you do what others ask. Even if it's something you don't see as worthwhile, choose to serve and let that build your character and shape you into the leader God desires. Well, let's join Pastor Eddie in the book of 1 Timothy chapter 1. As he begins his message, Paul's gratitude for God's mercy. First Timothy chapter 1, verses 12 through 20. Paul writes, I thank Christ Jesus our Lord who has enabled me because he counted me faithful, putting me into the ministry. Although I was formerly a blasphemer, prosecutor, and an insolent man, but I obtained mercy, but because I did it ignorantly (laughs) and unbelief. I mean, I had no problem studying and reading it, but anyway. (laughs) And the grace of our Lord was exceedingly abundant with faith and love which are in Christ Jesus. This is a faithful saying and worthy of all acceptance that Christ Jesus came into the world to save sinners of whom I am chief. However, for this reason, I've attained mercy that in me first, Jesus Christ might show all long suffering as a pattern to those who are going to believe on him for eternal everlasting life. Now to the King eternal, immortal, invisible to God who alone is wise be honored and glory forever and ever. And all God's people say, Amen. Verse 18. This charge I commit to you, son Timothy, according to the prophecies previously made concerning you, that by them you may wage the good warfare, having faith and a good conscience, which some, having rejected concerning the faith, have suffered shipwreck, of whom are Hymenius and Alexander, whom I delivered to Satan, that they may learn not to blaspheme. Interesting one today. (laughs) In our last study, we looked at verses 3 through 11 in chapter 1, and where the Apostle Paul addresses the false teachers in the church of Ephesus. And in verses 3 and 4, Paul writes to Timothy, he says, charge some that they teach no other doctrine, nor give heed to fables and endless genealogies, which cause dispute rather than godly edification, which is in faith. The only doctrine that can edify and build the church of Jesus Christ 
that we could build one another the gospel of Jesus Christ. And if the other in the gospel will cause disputes, because it's worldly issues, it's worldly philosophies, it's fables, it's, it's what's being taught in the world, and it's distorted, so you're always going to have two opinions. It's so great to have the word of God. We could always, whenever we have a disagreement about doctrine and anything, we could actually just turn to the page and learn. Paul went on to say in verse 6 to 7, So for which some having strayed have turned aside to idle talk, desiring to be teachers of the law, understanding neither what they say nor the things which they affirm. This is acceptable to every pastor, leader, preacher, teacher, is applicable to all. Those who have a teaching responsibilities in the church in other words, what Paul is saying, stop teaching other doctrines other than what's in the scriptures. Stop teaching uh, sermons and giving sermons of motiv- you know, motivational sermons about a better you. Tickling the ears of people. You teach the doctrine, doctrine only. Those will learn strictly and they would be improved themselves by the spirit and by the word of God. The Latin uh, phrase you probably hear in Christian history is sola cristola. Sola cristola, meaning... Scripture alone, and only Scripture, that's all we need. We don't need any, anything added to it. No illustrations, no, you know, no finding new ways to teach it, diluting it, and using the Word of God to entertain people. Teach it as it is in the Scriptures, and you will grow in your faith, and you'll be strong. And so in verses 3 through 11 of chapter 1, Paul dealt with the false teachers in the church. Now in verses 12 to 20, Paul will express his gratitude for the mercies of God, for entrusting him into the ministry. And so we read our text. Let us now study our text verse by verse. 1 Timothy chapter 1, let's look at verse 12. Paul writes, and I thank Christ Jesus our Lord who has enabled me because he counted me faithful, putting me into the ministry. The apostle Paul expresses gratitude in three areas. He he expresses the Lord because the Lord enabled him, number one. Number two, the Lord counted him faithful. And number three, the Lord put him into the ministry. This is, he shows his gratitude. God enabled me, he counted me faithful, and he himself has put me in the ministry. Let's look at the enablement, how the Lord enabled him. One thing Paul knew, that his ministry had nothing to do with his ability. It had nothing to do with his intellect, but it had everything to do about Christ. This is why Paul writes, and I thank Christ Jesus our Lord, who has enabled me. The word enable in the Greek it comes from the root word dunamis, from where we get the word dynamite, dynamic. That's from the root word. But here, it's in the verb form, in the verb form, meaning power and strength. And so it's to be empowered, is to be strengthened. And that's what God does. And that's what God did for the Apostle Paul. He empowered him. He strengthened him. And saints, this is really exciting news for both you and I. Because when God calls us into ministry, any ministry, he will enable you to do the work of the ministry. There's a famous quote, unknown person. I try searching the person who quote this, but it's great. God doesn't call the qualify. He qualifies the call. 
If he calls you, he's going to qualify you. He will enable you, give you the power and strength to do the work of the ministry. God will never call you into ministry and say, okay, figure it out from here and let me know if you need help. <laughs> no, God will enable you to do the work in the ministry. He'll give you the dudamus. He'll give you the strength, the power, the ability to do ministry. Ephesians chapter 6, verse 10, Paul writes this, be strong in the Lord, not in yourself, in the Lord and in the power of his might. Paul writes in Philippians chapter 4, verse 13, we know this one, I can do some of the things. No, I can do all things through Christ Jesus who strengthens me. All things. Colossians chapter 1, verse 11, strengthened with all might according to his glorious power. When someone obeys the call to serve God, God will equip and enable that person. That is because the ministry is not about you. The ministry is all about Christ, for Christ, by Christ, and it is through Christ. Christ is in the center of this ministry that you have. If you don't have a ministry, find one. Philippians chapter 2, verse 13, it says, For it is God who works in you both to will and to do for his good pleasure. So Paul realized he is thankful to Jesus Christ because the Lord has enabled him to do the ministry. Secondly, the Lord counted him faithful. Now to be in ministry, one has to be found faithful. You have to be faithful. That doesn't mean you have to be perfect because you know you're not, I'm not perfect. <laughs> Trust me. But to be faithful, the Lord counted him faithful. The Greek word faithful here is trustworthy, reliable. The one requirement that is of all who, for all who serve Christ in the ministry must be found faithful. 1 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 2, it says this. Moreover, it is required in stewards that one be found faithful. Faithful to the Lord. Faithful to the word. Faithful to love and encourage one another in the body of Christ. Because ministry has everything to do about Christ, but God will enable us to do the ministry to serve others. It's all about people, saints. Jesus didn't come down and build a kingdom. That's what the disciples thought. They thought his kingdom was of this earth. No, Jesus came for people. He died for people. It wasn't about programs. It wasn't about church events, church buildings. It was about people sharing the gospel with those who don't know Christ, encouraging those who do know Christ. There's two people. And one needs to be faithful to the Lord and in the word and in the ministry. So the Lord enabled Paul. He counted Paul faithful. And thirdly, he put Paul into the ministry. He placed Paul into the ministry. Paul did not undertake this mission by his own volition or authority, but rather Paul was called, pointed into the ministry by Jesus Christ. And for you students taking notes, you find that in Acts chapter 9. Paul's apostleship was even in question. Because they say, well, Paul wasn't part of the twelve. In fact, he persecuted the church. But Paul met the Lord Jesus Christ personally on the road to Damascus. And it was there that they had to lay hands on him. He said, we're going to lay hands on this guy? You mean the Christian murderer? Yeah. He's now going to be a servant of mine. 
the reality is that it is God who calls. Men love to place themselves. It is a prideful, fleshly thing. We love positions. We love authority. We love to be in front of people. We like to teach. We like to be the one that knows everything. We like the one to have the nice words. And Paul wasn't that. He said, I didn't come to you in eloquent in speech. I had a hard time pronouncing arrogantly. <laughs> I still have a problem. <laughs> ignorant. Ignorant. Okay. It's my Spanglish background, folks. <laughs> Be patient with me. God is not done. <laughs> so there you go. I'm just like Paul. And he was a minister of the word, the word of God. He was a minister ordained by God. The word minister here in the Greek is deaconos, where we get the word deacon, but is also servant. Servant. Yeah, minister. The one who called themselves minister liked to parade around, oh, I'm a minister, oh, I'm a pastor, I'm a leader, I'm a bishop, I'm an archbishop, I'm an arch, 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 archbishop, you know? It says servant. That's what minister means. It means servant. The reality is that there are those who are ordained into ministry as ministers, and instead of serving the people of God, they want the people of God to serve them. They got it backwards. That's why there's problems in the church. That's why the church is not growing. I used to always hear Pastor Chuck, uh, he, have, he had a great way of filtering out the true servants of God when they came to his church. And many of them would come out of, straight out of Bible college and seminary and says, I'm going to go to this church. This church is thriving. You know, I'm going to go there and I talk to the pastor and say, hey, listen, I want to be a pastor leader. You know, I'm looking for a job as a pastor leader. And uh, I went through seminary and I went through Bible college. And he has a way of filtering out these people. And quite a number of times you've had many of them. Uh, John Corson was one of them, by the way. And I met another pastor who was one of them. And I'm actually going to meet another pastor next week who is probably the third guy. <laughs> but he had a way of filtering out leaders and pastors and ministers. They would come to him and say, yeah, you know, I'm looking for a job. You know, here's my resume. You know, I can teach the Bible. I can do all these things. And he said, okay, you want to? Okay. He'll get a broom and a mop. <laughs> Give it to him. It's okay. You want to serve here as a minister? All right, um clean the children's rooms and do the sanctuary when you're done. Many of them, wait, you don't get it. No, I do get it. <laughs> that is what a servant is. You know, before you become a leader, you have to be a follower first. Before you're given authority, you must learn how to submit to authority. That's the way it is. No one gets into the army and becomes in the rank of a captain. <laughs> you start from the bottom. You work your way up. And that's the way it is in the ministry. I have people always come here. Oh, they, they come in, they have all these gifts. It doesn't really matter. When I see people, so when you're doing the smallest of things, serving then, that shows that you really care about the people you want to teach or you want to lead. And that's the problem. Paul was put into the ministry by God. He was placed in the ministry by God. He didn't put himself, and I've seen people who have placed themselves in the ministry, like to start a church. They were sold the idea, oh, you got to just do a Bible study. It's like, hey, you too could be a pastor. One of those things. Yeah, but only nine ninety. No, they weren't selling it, but they were just saying, you too, anybody could be. No, you got to be called. 
You have to be called. You have to be called. Make sure that it's calling. Make sure it's not your desire. Oh, I want to be, I want to be. You know, sometimes the desire overrides God's call. And it's your flesh so much. I want, I want, I'm going to be this. Oh, I want. Okay, well, let's see. First, see if this guy died to yourself. <laughs> Die to the idea and see. And I've seen many who want to go and place themselves in ministry. And uh, they open up a church, a storefront, and, they get, and nothing happens. Chuck Smith will always say, hey, you want to consider yourself a pastor? Well, are you a good teacher? You're obedient to God and his word. You care about the people. If not, you know what? Turn around. See if there's anybody following you. See if there's anybody following you. That God is placing your trust. Many times it fails. Hey, if you say God called you, I never say, hey, the Lord told me, hey. I know that's used a lot. The Lord told me, the Lord told me. Yeah, you know, I think you double check, you know. They use that for everything. You know, but if you tell me God told you, I'm not one to say he didn't. If God calls you, praise the Lord. Hallelujah. We need more. If he didn't, I really feel sorry for you. I really feel sorry for you. I've noticed in my 20 years of ministry, 20 plus years of ministry, that no one ever came and says, oh, they made themselves a teacher in the children's ministry. They made themselves an usher, a greeter, or someone who would, you know, take care of the house of God, clean it and repair it. No, they want to make themselves a leader, a pastor. Very rarely, very, I don't think I've ever seen anyone. Now, while according to the scriptures, pastors, deacons, and elders, uh, we're going to see that in the coming chapters, the qualifications of those pastors, bishops, elders. You want to be there here for that because a lot of churches, they, you went to school, that's it. That's all you need. That's not a biblical concept. Peter never went to, to rabbinical school. Peter never went to Bible college. Moses never went to Bible college. Moses went to the University of Bush. The burning bush. <laughs> Backs in the desert, taking care of sheep. As the Lord was showing him how you take care of the sheep, is how you're going to take care of my people. 40 years in, in Egypt, 40 years in the desert. God had to filter out the world, the Egypt, out of him so that he could learn how to be a shepherd. But while those who are called pastors, bishops, and elders are called and ordained, they call to lead the word of God. However, every believer in Jesus Christ called it to the ministry as well. If you're a believer, you accepted Jesus Christ as Lord and personal Savior, you are called into the ministry, number one, to share the gospel of Jesus Christ. That's what Jesus said. He gave us the greatest commission to the church. He said in Matthew 28, verses 19 and 20, you notice, go, therefore, make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all things that I have commanded you, and lo, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. Amen. That's number one. You accepted Jesus Christ. You are to be, you're a witness. And the word witness in the Greek is martis, which means martyr. That's the word in the Greek. While other religions are willing to die for their God, <laughs> how many Christians would? I know there, in third world countries, they would. I don't say many in America would. But we're called to share the gospel, number one. Number two, 
we're called to serve one another in the church. First Peter chapter 4, verses 10 through 11, Peter writes this, as each one has received gift, each one, we all have a gift, whatever that may be, minister it to one another as good stewards of the manifold grace of God. If anyone speaks, let him speak as the oracles of God. If anyone minister, let him do it as with the ability which God supplies. That's in all things. God may be glorified through Jesus Christ, to whom belong the glory and the dominion forever and ever. He will give you that ability. If, you, if one is called to teach, he'll give you the ability. If he calls you, call to serve. And gifts are gifts, you know. There's... A, there are church circles that think they could teach you a gift. A gift can't be taught. A gift is a gift. is given and is received. It's never taught. And I've seen so many church circles where they want to teach things. Oh, we're going to teach you how to prophesy. We're going to teach you how to speak in tongues. Mama got a new Honda. Just say that really fast. You don't teach gifts. Gifts are given. And God's given each and every one of us a gift. Every single one of us. We may not be called ordained into the ministry as a bishop, pastor, teacher, leader, but we all, except to Jesus Christ, we all are to minister the gospel, serve, serve and share in the gospel, serve one another in the church. You know, I'm going to tell you this, and I hope this stays in your thoughts for a long time. But there is no such thing as a Christian that doesn't serve. Biblically doesn't exist. A Christian that doesn't serve, that is, there's no such thing. Now we see it. We're so used to it. We're accustomed by it. We, we, we just, oh, come to church here and there. What can I do? Oh, I'm just going to go to church. That's all I'm going to do. And people say, oh, I have my own ministry. Okay. Stay home. Do it whenever you want. You know, sometimes people do their own ministry because they don't want to. Be obedient sometimes to the ministry in the church. You want to do your own thing, that's fine. But God has called the church, the family of God, to work together to do the ministry, to share the gospel. There's no such thing as a Christian that does not serve. We are Christians, followers, and disciples of Jesus Christ. And it's Jesus Christ who is God himself who came and set the perfect example of what it is to serve. We serve a master, yet we're not serving, but our master served. Mark chapter 10, verse 45, Jesus said this, For even the Son of Man, speaking of himself, did not come to be served, but to serve, and to give himself as a ransom for men. He was faithful, faithful unto the cross. The book of 1 Timothy is encouraging and inspiring. From one well-seasoned missionary to another, the Apostle Paul wrote to Timothy, spurring a younger pastor on to great things. Isn't it great to live life in community with others so that you can mutually encourage others you're walking alongside? Even though Paul and Timothy weren't in the same area very often, these letters kept them united in the cause of Christ. We hope that you have this type of uniting with other believers. If you don't, we'd like you to know how to connect with us here. Go to our website at runningtheraceradio.com to learn more about the church that supports this ministry. At Calvary Chapel of Milford, we'd love to meet you this weekend and join with you in being part of a church family. 
Worshiping God and studying His Word together is something that should be done in community. To find out more, once again, our website is runningtheraceradio.com. We pray that Pastor Eddie's message on running the race has been helpful for you today. We'd like you to know that we pray for you regularly here at Running the Race, and we're so glad you're one of our listeners. If you'd like to hear this message again, you can find it at runningtheraceradio.com. While you're there, feel free to listen to other messages from this series or download them to take with you on the go. Again, that website is runningtheraceradio.com. That's all we have for today. But join us again for more as Pastor Eddie teaches from 1 Timothy on running the race.